It's Carrington here with Real Dudes Podcast, the indie gaming show. Now, unfortunately, it's just me as far as, you know, the RDP hosts are concerned. However, comma, I am once again going to bring in some fantastic guests. Last time, they were get, it was a guest from GDEX, and I am going to do the same thing here today. And you guys shall be greatly pleased with these guests because it was, uh, yeah, I'm going to bring them in and then we'll talk about the game. How does that sound? All right, here we go. Hey, hey. Hey there. Where am I? <laughs> hey, welcome to podcast land as we've come to call it here recently because uh i tend to just bring people in randomly i hope you guys weren't busy and i have time out of your schedules to talk about uh, a game you guys made all righty yeah it sounds great it sounds great thanks for uh, having us here all right awesome thank you very much now eric i've met you but how about both you guys kind of introduce yourselves and as well as dreamcatcher studios and just give us a little bit of who you guys are uh, sure, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> uh, my name's Eric. Uh, I'm also known as uh, Saber Steel. I'm the PR director for uh, Interstellar Prime, Dreamcatcher Studios. Um, came across uh, Paisel a couple years back. We uh, we worked our nine to five together, and uh, one day he we got to talking about video games, and he was like, "Hey, so I'm kind of fiddling around with something. Would you like to check it out?" And I was like, uh, "Absolutely." And it kind of went from there. So, uh, Pace, I'll, I'll let you really get into the the bones of it here. Well, um, Dreamcatcher Studio started in 2016, just uh, three people. Um, a high school friend of mine, he uh, pretty well to do, and he's like, "Hey, got a lot of money. I want to make some video <laughs> games. Want to join me?" I'm like, "Let's do it." At that time, I don't even know what Unity was. I don't even know what hardly Game Engine was. So, um, wow. Like, all right, let's let's do it. What would what, you have in mind? And he was like, um, I got this idea for a for a dungeon crawler. Uh it's gonna be a 2D pixelated. And I look up, it's like, dude, there's like a billion of those out there. Can we do space 3D instead? And he was like, dude, that's totally not what I have in mind, but let's do it. <laughs> and then that's um where it all got started because um he's not a programmer and i'm more of a programmer than he is since um i got an engineering background so um he has me pretty much um basically be the guy that works and he's the guy who uh pays a money so um he's like all right how about we hire people and i went on youtube video watching tutorial tutorial videos mm -hmm. and came across uh the top game engines or at the time still is the unity mm -hmm. and unreal and then oh, yeah. I looked around. Uh, what what really curious, uh, really um, put me um, towards Unity was the fact that you can actually use uh, an Arduino and like electronics to interact with the outside world. And I'm an electronics engineer, so I'm like, I'm going with Unity. I don't care how how cool Unreal looks, but <laughs> Unity has seems to have more functionality outside of video game and i was right in that so um i got to be able to spin off and actually start my own business doing unity stuff so anyway um back to how Dreamcatcher got started it's basically that so that was 2016 in in, in august so we uh you know my my friend um decided to name it Dreamcatcher, 
um, studio. So, um, and then I, I decided to, you know what, that time the movie Interstellar really stuck a chord with me. I really love that movie. So I'm like, I like the name Interstellar. And of course I like Optimus Prime. So let's call it Interstellar Prime. So that's how the, the game name began. And I went to town and work on it and um, just never really put it down ever since. And I just love doing it. And then um, basically everybody else, um, well, my friend at the time who just kept like hiring people, we hired like freelance programmer. And then I just basically learned from them. And to the point where I'm like, you know what? I think I can do this. And then we um, we decided to stop hiring people and just kept buying assets on Unity Store to do stuff. And then, um, yeah, that's basically how it got started. And uh, a year and a half into it, we got green light on on Steam when green light or when Steam was a thing. <laughs> so um, yeah, we got green lit, and then it's like, all right, um, this shows enough potential that people are actually um, liking the idea. So we kind of kept going, and then uh, my friend got sick of it. He's tired. He he wants to move on to the next project, so he dropped out, unfortunately. So I'm stuck with the bills, and but fortunately, the 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 most expensive part was hiring freelancers was over. So therefore, um, I was able to just you know keep doing what I'm doing and just buying assets and stuff like that. And we went on um, Kickstarter in 2017. We got funded and here we are. And here we are. And you guys showed up at GDEX and here we are. Yep. <laughs> so I do want to ask Paisel really quick. So your your background as an engineer, was it hard learning Unity uh, to, to begin with? Or was it, did you, were you able to pick it up pretty easily? Uh, it was pretty hard because I'm not really a programmer. I'm like an electronics guy. So, but uh, the only coding I did was more like a firmware stuff. So, um, it's completely different. So, the it, hardware and firmware programming is really very kind of simple and and very simplistic compared to like using C sharp in in Unity. So, mm -hmm. it it was it was hard. But the thing is, Unity when um. The difference is that when I do my electronics, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I get I, I get all these fumes from inhaling lead, right? So, mm -hmm. and and then all these wires, like hours of wires and soldering later, you see results. But in Unity, you write a code or you do whatever, plug in a, an asset and then make it work, and then you get the result right away. So the kind of like the, the cycle is a lot shorter, like between work and result, work and result. So one thing led to another, we have a really comprehensive, um, like a, a game core. So um, to answer your question, it was it was hard at first, but as you go on, it gets easier and easier. And then you become um, kind of like, kind of like um, fooled yourself that you're you're really good. And then until you learn something new and then the whole process starts again. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I've I've messed with Unity a little bit here and there, but I've never actually developed anything as far as like, you know, like a full-fledged game or anything. But it is, yeah, I can attest to, you know, I am a programmer a little bit. Oh, that's but, awesome. Um, so I I I for anyone listening out there, Unity, it's great to start off with and and it's very easy to pick up on. Um, but anyway, moving on. So this this project you guys have, uh, Interstellar Prime. What's the what would be the sales pitch you guys have for? It? What would be if I am never heard of it? 
want to know more about it what what's the sale pitch what's what's your guys's like 30 to 60 second pitch you guys have for it uh, if you like playing video games we made one <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that so i don't understand why no one's playing it right now um no so the big thing that uh that we've really been pushing for with interstellar is uh i mean a couple of things but um one is we're hoping to try and help bring people's um ambitions and interest in space back around right um a big inspiring moment the moon landing right after that happened and we got that that picture of of earthrise you started mm -hmm. seeing all kinds of amazing things happen uh not just in america but in the world um, we got Earth Day, we got, you know, the future of tomorrow, the house of tomorrow, you know, the kitchen of tomorrow, everybody was talking about, you know, the Jetsons, right? Like, all this amazing stuff started happening. Um, but like, if I can quote Neil deGrasse Tyson, like, we made the boat, we made it out to the harbor, and we've just basically been puddling around since then, right? So not a whole lot's really happened since that time so we're kind of hoping to bring some of that interest back right and and that's why we tried to stay away from a lot of the pseudosciences when it came to this game um we had to keep some of them in there obviously because it's a space game and without explosions and laser booms and whatnot it can kind of be a little oh jack woo jack is here <laughs> sorry jack is here. how's it going Oh, your mic's not working, buddy. So this is actually our, no, it's not. Uh, this is our sound producer. This guy did like all of the music. Oh, this nice. Guy, this, this guy pretty He's much kind of like makes, makes the, the game complete. I, I would say that because like, you know, like it, and, and, and I can, I like, you know, like before, before his music, the, the game was, 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 was good, but like, but when his music comes, it just just makes it complete. It's just exactly right, what I'm right. looking on. So I can go on and on about his music. So yeah, it's like it's like watching a scary movie on mute, right? It's not scary, and then you put the sound exactly. on, and then it's it's terrifying. Except he doesn't make the game terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, hey, thanks thanks for saying all that. Seriously, it's been amazing hey, working with you guys. There he, there he is. Hey, hey, what's up? Not much, man. Hey, congratulations, by the way, dude. Oh, hey, um, thank you. That's awesome, man. I'm. You you are a little quiet. Maybe that's just on my end. Can you oh, hear sure. me? Right? I'll, I'll, how's that? Much better. Yeah, awesome. Um, but yeah. So to kind of get back to what we were talking about. Um, so yeah, it was that. It's it's that we're we're trying to help bring or trying to our hope is that we can help bring some interest interest back to the genre of space. But mm -hmm. what we're hoping to really kind of grasp the idea behind Interstellar Prime is to bring a game to the community that well not really so much that nobody's ever really seen before because people have seen space games everybody's got a space game these days right there's plenty of them out there uh but we want to bring a new game almost genre to to the field and and that's what we're trying for um you know think about when uh you know paladins first arrived right it was kind of like that mix between a uh you know, like a League of Legends style game uh -huh. and a uh, first person shooter, right? Kind of like what Apex did with uh -huh. Battlegrounds and MOBAs, right? So we are trying to develop a game that will give the player the unique experience of interacting with a RPG based storyline game, but with the continued aspect of RPG, open world sandbox, uh, RTS and like survival. 
uh, and, and we're trying to flow all that together, right? That's the probably, in my opinion, I'm sure Pacel's got other things as the programmer, but in my, <laughs> my opinion, the hardest part has been trying to flow that so that at no point in time, does anybody really feel like the game is focusing on one unique aspect and the, and, and, and so you get that new experience as a gamer and as a player. So what you're saying is in a way of, you know, maybe trying to bring it all together in a way that nothing feels like in certain games, maybe the multiplayer feels tacked on, but the single player experience is absolutely amazing. So the, every aspect of this game wants to feel like it should, it's, it's gotten its full attention no matter what. Right. Right. And that, and that's the big part of the reason why we're probably not even even if the game kicked off and we had like great funding, we probably wouldn't end up seeing a multiplayer for Interstellar. Now, mm-hmm. of course, uh, and we've talked about this several times uh, with the team. And, you know, I mean, if you know, if, if the fates allow and, and this game becomes this huge thing and we have, you know, all these sales and we get all this great funding, uh, you know, maybe Interstellar Prime 2. Uh, you know, we'll be looking at multiplayer, but for right now, we're just trying to focus on creating this new experience for the player. And I can tell you from what I've seen blew my mind, absolutely blew my mind. Now I'll start with Paisel and then I'll move to Jack and then you, Eric. So Paisel, what's been the, the, so far when you're looking at this project, what's been the hardest thing to do with interstellar prime as far as hey um was it maybe coming up with the idea because you say you wanted to make a space game or was it maybe trying to implement all these different aspects making it trying to everything make everything flow or maybe it was something as simple as is getting voices into the game what's been the the biggest challenge in, in creating it so far well all the above so okay <laughs> but uh, the, the, the one thing that sticks out is um uh, really the the time and commitment it takes mm-hmm. to get a game this scale. But I also want, want to kind of touch on your previous question about yes. uh, how, yeah, what, what is, what is a unique kind of build off of uh, Sabres um, pitch on it. Yes. I mean, we, we definitely want to, we want to inspire people that kind of thing to like, yeah, man, space is awesome. You know, like let's, let's look for what's, what's beyond, you know uh, what, what Elon Musk is doing. Elon Musk mm-hmm. might, you know, like, a billion other people like he's he's my favorite uh, he's like he's my hero <laughs> in no that. no i get it so, trust me yeah it's he's like the the engineers of engineer so mm-hmm. anyway um we're really into stellar prime um it kind of stems from i, I want to make the game i always wanted to play right so mm-hmm. i love the mass effect uh the first one or the the, the trilogy i love mm-hmm. that game so i love the, the the rpg that's very very deep in in like you have your own ship. The idea of you have your own ship. So Interstellar Prime, it's very heavy on your ship is your home, right? Like um, if you ever um, heard or uh, saw the the movie, one of my favorite movie of all time as well with Russell Crowe, um, Master and Commander. You've seen that one? Oh yes. Yeah. When when the the scene when he was saying like this ship is England, mm-hmm. I I kind of want to have that that you know feel to it. And I know it's a space game, but one of the most um or one of the biggest inspiration is actually from assassin's creed uh three believe it or not okay like when, when you when you pilot the or, or when you captain the ship have you know what i'm talking about you can actually you know um 
I wish my brother-in-law Andrew was here because he would know what you're talking about. I have actually never played Assassin's Creed, but I okay. know what you're where you're going though. Oh, it's it, it's the first time I played that. It was they were spot on. It, it makes you feel like man, you're there. So I kind of want to have that. Mm-hmm. So that's hence the um, you know, in 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 the bridge, you you know what's unique about our game also is like when when you when you activate the the piloting function, you know the the whole cockpit turns into a hologram and you can see everything all around. And like you, you, you have this feel of, you know, my, my goal is to have more like chaotic, like think Star, Star Trek, right? Mm-hmm. I know I'm throwing a lot of references here, but that's really <laughs> what I'm trying to do. And the, the selling point is really um, something completely unique and different, like Saber, say, uh, like, like Saber said. Like, and of course, we're, we're indie. We're, we're like very small team to, to pull, you know, to try to pull this off. It's very ambitious. And that in its own is something that I want to do. I want to like, hey, if one guy can do this or, you know, a handful of developers. Really, it's just me mainly. 90% is just me. 99% is me. Like, you know, like if, if one developer can, can bring a game this much, how much more can you do it? You know, like if a small team like this, we have Saber, he's doing all the PR and he's doing an amazing job while keeping a full-time job and, and have three kids, you know, and a family. That's, that's, that's not... Four kids. That's one right. Coming, one coming. Congratulations. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thank See, you. So it's, yeah. And, you know, like, and our, yeah, that's why we, we only have one music composer. We, we, we don't want to have a whole bunch of people. I mean, the idea is just like. I don't think we need more I mean, than one. Jack's killing it. I know. <laughs> right. So that's, that's anyway, all I'm saying is that um, it's really the, the one word is inspiration. We, we want to be like inspiring to people, not just while they play the game, but also the behind the scene, how we're doing it, like while keeping our day job, like, hey, you can make your dream come true, right? You, you can catch your dream, hence Dreamcatcher Studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really, that's, that's really what, what that's all about. And then, you know, we're combining all the, all the big genre, like the real-time strategy, um, the rts or uh the the rpg mode it's kind of like mass effects mm-hmm. so i'm kind of combining a lot of them and i got a lot of a lot a lot of good question and and i know i mean like they're saying how are you managing to to to, to do all these genre it sounds like you're you're making five different little games can't how are you going to make it a good one game if you're not really focused so it's kind of like what saber said we'll we're making it one experience and we'll see how that goes. It's indie game, right? So we're, well, well, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. We could end up falling flat on our face, but I don't see us. I don't see that happening. Hopefully Neither not. Do I. Yeah. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, so I do have more questions, but I, w- I do want to move to, to Jack really quick. And, and Jack, what's been so far the greatest challenge for you uh, creating a game uh, for, or not creating, uh, creating the music, for interstellar prime what's been your your biggest challenge you would say so far um you know when i when i think about it it's really like when you think of like every classic space score you think of like the large kind of like uh bombastic star wars type of scores but Mm -hmm. like um when you really come down to what makes games or movies connect with people and kind of stick with them it's really kind of that emotional core um and so I guess uh, the difficult thing is just been trying to capture kind of like the grand scale of it all, but still kind of keep like uh, the idea that, you know, you're one character and you want to capture like, okay, 
when when the character looks up at the stars and says, like thinks oh you know i want to see more of the galaxy or see more of the universe the music kind of has to reflect that and uh almost mirror what he's thinking mm-hmm. um kind of well still setting the tone for the city he's in or the place he is so i don't know i guess it's kind of finding the delicate kind of emotional moments kind of in this big grand set piece you know i could i could meet me and my friend of mine were just talking about this about a month or two ago how certain composers are really good at making very simple there's there's complexity and simplicity almost yeah. Um, so is that is that something that you're going for? Because you mentioned Star Wars being big and grand, but not trying to aim for that, but not really go for that. Is that what you're maybe going yeah. for? Maybe something a little bit more simple, like scaling back a little bit that a sound that's a bit more simpler in nature. Yes, absolutely. And I think uh, I mean every story kind of has to have its big points and it has to have its small points. But right. I don't know. I think kind of a fusion of the two. Um, and then another challenge has been. I mean, I've been writing the music for this kind of almost since the start of production so it's been what has it been like almost two years now yeah just about um and so like i don't know taking themes and original ideas that i used at the start of that and then kind of using them throughout this uh, you know the new cues that i'm writing for the game that's been an interesting challenge uh because when you come up with an idea two years ago you know like it's it's kind of interesting kind of reopen that idea and then realize new ways and yeah new things that you can do with it and i was gonna say like have you gone through back what you wrote maybe two years ago and thought nah and rewrote something um you know what uh i'm actually considering uh not completely scrapping some of the old stuff but uh definitely redoing it remixing and mastering it just because i feel like i've learned a lot since then um and i want to make this kind of the best it can possibly be very nice. And and now the question goes on to you, Eric, being, you know, lead PR on this. What's been something you found maybe a challenge? Because you're a very good speaker. You're a great salesman. When I was when I was talking to you at GDX, I'm like, man, this dude knows everything. He's not even developing the game. I love this. And you know, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Oh, man, that's amazing. Thank you for saying that. Uh, flattered very much. But uh, <laughs> no um, I'd say, honestly, the biggest challenge for me. Um, hmm is just i mean the balance i mm-hmm. guess would what I, I would say yeah probably yeah that's probably the most difficult is the the balance of 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 just figuring out where everything's at in life right because uh you know we got nine to fives that we work i've got a family uh obviously that is just apparently not going to stop growing <laughs> um <laughs> um <laughs> But no, I mean, it's, it's, it's been, it's been amazing though. In all honesty, like this for me has been like, it, it's just, it's a huge dream come true. Cause I've been a big, big video gamer since I've been a little kid, you know, I mean, I was right. the kid that was walking around in the hallways, you know, back in the nineties with Nintendo power magazines and a binder full of Pokemon cards. Like I was getting stuffed into lockers because of my fandom with this uh, i mean i grew up playing D, fell in love with the halo series when the xbox first came out like had all the books and so i mean it was it was a big turn for me to to come into this as an actual job because prior to that i other than playing video games i never really had any involvement in the video game genre in general i mean i went i used to go to like comic book conventions but i never really made it out to i mean well, really here until recently, the 
video game conventions weren't really much of a thing and, and you know except for here recently and, you know these packs conventions have been getting bigger and obviously gdex but um yeah it's just it's been finding that balance because it i mean it, it, it can be hard on times especially with the traveling and stuff like that you know we get the family at home and whatnot um but uh i mean it's 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 been such an amazing ride like even this short time that we've been working on this game really is has just been i don't know it's every day is is a new learning experience um but the pr stuff's been has just come really natural i mean it's hard to not be excited and inspired by this game because um you know like pesol hit the nail right on the head you know mm -hmm. um the the inspiration behind this game is there and it's in all aspects so i mean it's it's it, it, like I said, it's hard to not get excited and to, you know, especially going out to these events and talking to people like yourself and other fans and people come up and you can just see it in their eyes. Yeah, I mean, you get the people who walk by and they're like, uh, whatever, and they keep walking. Mm -hmm. Well, no, that's unfortunate. But, you you know, when you get the people who stop and they're like, oh, what's this? And then about, you know, two to three seconds into talking to them, you can just tell they're hooked and you just build off of that energy that people have. And it's it's I don't know, it's a blast. Yeah, I, I could tell from the way you were conversing with people while I was just kind of standing by. And I'm like, this dude is is excited on a whole nother level. It made me excited. I'm like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm excited already. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's hard to not get uh, built up into it. Um, but for this game in particular, being involved in it is, like I said, it's like a dream come true. Um, I mean, because prior to doing stuff like this i mean i've my most marketable job trade on an application would be my 12 years in homeland security like complete other side of the spectrum to mm -hmm. when it comes to being a pr director for a video game but like i said uh it was about two years ago um as fate would have it i just happened to jump on board with this it company and Paysol was working there uh and like i said we got to talking um and yeah, one day he was just kind of like, do you like video games? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I dabble. <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> Played a game or two, I'd say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then he, you know, like I guess so like I was telling you before, you know, he was just like, why well, I've been developing this game. Would you mind checking it out? And the demo he showed me then was nothing even to what we have uh by the way here's our plug we're on steam where there's a free game demo uh free game demo on steam you can go check it out but what he showed me was absolutely nothing like what we have on there now i mean it was uh, a much more rundown just very basic very basic concept build and i immediately was blown away and i'm like dude this is amazing and he's like well you know i mean pesos a very modest guy um but I was like, yeah, man, you, you know, we got in. So it just kind of came from like spending my lunch period down in his office and, you know, like, oh, you know, he'd talk about this. And I talk about that. And we keep bouncing ideas off of each other. And he and I just clicked. I mean, um, you know, for for being two, two obviously different people. I mean, he's he's like a brother to me at this point. I mean, he mean, he and I have just clicked so well and we just build off of each other's energy. And like I said before, it's just hard to not be excited about the game. Um, for where we are right now with pretty much only having one game developer and this amazing music composer who makes the moments in the game seem so much more awesome than they really are. Um, these guys make my job easy. I mean, all I got to do is go out and talk about their work. So, Hey, and when you have a game that's as ambitious as this one, it really does make it a little easy because you get people excited with it, especially when you have 
demos there live for people to, to see and, and try out and and that and it's just really exciting and and peso uh what it's been like for you this journey to these past two years from where you first started with this game to where it is now what's it like seeing this your baby so to speak to kind of just grow to this thing and start gathering fans and this kind of snowball effect over time uh, it's been a ride for sure because, um, you know, I have a family and, and my wife's like, why are you spending so much time on a video game? You know, like it's not going to make you any money and all that stuff. And then, boom, um, we have the uh, Kickstarter. So she's like, OK, uh, when are you going to make when are you going to work on the game? Right. So, <laughs> that's really, that's there. so um, it's one of those things that you, you just don't you don't see anything, you don't you don't get anything and you don't even know if you're going to get anything. Right. It's, mm-hmm. I still don't. Right. We have like about um, seven thousand downloads or something like that for, for which is not not that much on just on Steam. But I, I don't I don't know how to count any, anywhere else. Um, I think we're on, I think we're on its IO. I, I think we are. Um, and, okay. And one more site. I don't know. That's like the, the free website. So I have no no way to track that. Or if if there is, please let me know. I don't know how. So mm-hmm. really to answer that question, I. Well, it's a, the the hardest part is really just the fine game or the fine time, and sometimes it can be really grinding. You know, like there there are periods of time in my life where this is really all I do, besides work. So and it's just, you know, my my wife and kids will go to bed, and I will sneak up downstairs and get on the laptop and stay up till three in the morning, and get up at you know um, six in the morning to go to work, three hours of sleep, which is not recommended. You know, because right, right. Uh, so, but it's it's just it's just one of those things that y- you want to make y- you want to get to the next milestone, and then you want to do the best that you can because you're you you really believe in this in this project. But at the same time, you never know. Like Star Citizen may came out, and mm-hmm. then just make everything else you know sounds like or you know like like a, a Atari game feels like I don't know. So you you never know what's gonna come out. So that's really been the challenge of you're you're working so hard. Am I gonna see any return on this? And then, but but at the end of the day, I really do enjoy doing it. I really enjoy like seeing the concepts, and then it becomes a reality, and it looks great. And you know, we a lot of people uh, say that it looks like it's a AAA. That's one of the best, um, you know, comments or mm-hmm. compliments that, compliments, that yeah. you can ever give us. So yeah, yeah. But, yeah so. We we are nowhere near, um, you know, a triple A grade. We don't have one hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, here we come. Right, What's right. That? What's that? He said, "Here you guys come." Yeah, <laughs> right. Watch so out. yeah, that's yeah, that's that's just my take on that. All right, very cool. And then for Eric and and Jack, when Pacel does come up with something like, "Hey, I I, I did this last night." Uh, a lot of times, what's your guys' reaction when you guys see something that, that's new that he's done uh, with with uh, Interstellar Prime? Oh, go ahead, Jack. Well, I mean, I think for me is, I mean, it, like what you said, uh, Paisel, earlier about like, you know, the early stages of production and like the really rough kind of bare bones game. Like, I remember when you originally sent me the screenshots or gameplay from that, I was super impressed, you know? Um, but now I think especially... Uh, like as I've seen over the past couple of years, everything get better and get tighter and nicer looking and the gameplay is better. Like that just inspires me to want to match that level of quality. That's awesome to hear, man. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, and, and the thing is too, is like, I don't know. I feel like the more kind of, like you said, deep that the RPG gets, then the more kind of complexity you can add in with music. And I don't know, it's definitely, it's a really, really good experience to work with people who obviously care so much, you know? Oh, for sure. And that's something that I think a lot of indie games have is a lot of heart. Not to say like the AAA titles don't, but there are certain, you know, franchises out there, you know, like Madden per se. Like you, it doesn't have that heart like it once did. It's just it's almost like a machine now. And and we need people like you guys to to really bring bring something new and exciting and fresh to any genre out there. Right. So uh, to piggyback off that. Um... Yes. Uh, Jack, let me ask you have have you uh, have you seen the new trailer that we posted? Uh, I watched like the, thirty the seconds. Of, I actually I just got home uh, right when you texted me, but oh, uh, no, I got a, uh, got a second to see just a little bit of it. So a perfect example, uh, I guess, to to kind of go off of of your question here is, um, like, so yeah, so we. Peso just released a teaser for the new update <laughs> that he did in the sandbox mode, and he didn't tell me anything about it, hmm. which mm-hmm. is <laughs> which is fine. I'm not definitely, definitely not upset about it, but I was actually just getting ready to leave for work, and I always check my computer and my email and stuff like that just before I head out because I don't always have a chance to do it. Uh, and as I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, what? The, our YouTube channel's got a new upload. So I'm like clicking. I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm like, oh, my God. So again like if you haven't seen it go check it out it's on our youtube channel it's the it's well by time this airs it'll probably still be the newest one up but it's about the new gravity system that he just built into the game now he had mentioned to me i don't know what we were talking maybe at the beginning of the week or something like that peso had told me like yeah there's this you know concept idea i have for like 360 degrees of like gravitational movement so if you run around something instead of your character just falling like you'll just stick to it and continue to move around it and then he came out with the gameplay gameplay trailer teaser that actually has it into the game and so for me (laughs) that's what i'm saying kind of going back to it like I sometimes I watch these videos when he posts them unaware of the the new uh, update that he's been working on. And I see it for the first time and I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I want to play this game. And then it's like a moment of like surreality where I'm like, oh, well, this is our game. Like I get to play this. (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's like I feel like a fan sometimes when I watch the update videos. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like a fan and I'm a part of it. Like exactly. Yeah. So, um, it it is, it's, it's, it's surreal sometimes to, to, to see that and be excited about it. And then just to kind of like take a moment and be like, man, I'm a part of this. So that's, that's really cool to get that kind of experience. Now I will say we've talked a lot like about the, about the game as far as like the technical aspects about it. But what about the game? What's what's the story of the game? What's what's some of the lore that we will be exploring here in Interstellar Prime? Wow, where to start? Right. Uh, so it's kind of deep. Um, don't really want to do too many spoilers. Um, so I don't know. We're we're kind of we're kind of on the fence with this. So it really comes okay. down to budget. Uh, because like Paisel said, obviously the game is very inspired by the Mass Effect uh, series, and we would love, 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 love to have that huge, deep, in depth. Like every time you turn around, the 
the the the questions that you thought you were getting answers to just led to more questions and there's that you know those surreal of aha moments where you're you're playing and you're oh no way i didn't know this was going to happen but again we're indie (laughs) so (laughs) that makes doing that kind of difficult um but i think we found a pretty decent balance in some scenarios like giving the characters the ability to select their chat uh options but those chat options not actually having uh an end result effect uh so ultimately like when you talk to people you 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 maybe have like two to three different things you can say to them and all that's really going to do is just add a little flavor and some personality to the character but regardless if you choose a b c or d like by the time the conversation's over with the you're going to basically still get the same result um you know we don't have the time or funding to have those moments where it's like oh dave's going to remember this right like (laughs) so but so the storyline basically it's it's uh roughly about 100 years into the future um i want to 150 150 yeah so it's like 21 2167 thank you and so humans are basically stranded in space and so a calamity occurred uh which is what it's referred to in the game where a group of scientists basically broke the morality barriers and they create a they push an ai farther than it should have gone and they create uh what's known as like an hi right like a human intelligence um and once that happens this human intelligence like super ai um basically just starts advancing humanity much 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 faster than we ever would have been able to do on our so within a very short amount of time our you know, technology and medical goes way up. Uh, diseases are pretty much completely eradicated. Humans are living to be like 125 years old. And, um, you know, space, obviously space travel booms and quickly advances. Um, so after a time, the HI discovers helium-3 gas in the system. And it basically becomes the new biofuel. It gets, uh, replaces petroleum oils and stuff like that so now we are thriving off this h3 gas and so we do what humans do and we start venturing out into space and we discover that the moons of mars phobos and uh, demos have a very large quantity of this h3 in it so a mining facility is built on mars and controlled by ai And we start sending out like satellite mining crews to the moons and we start digging down into the moons and getting all of this helium three gas out. Well, after, you know, years of doing so, we actually throw off the, uh, the mass and density of the moons and it messes up their lunar orbit around Mars and they end up colliding and smashing into each other. That creates a asteroid field around Mars. And that is where the core gameplay of the, the game takes place that's the asteroid field that you do all the mining out of is is actually around mars there um i think here so once that happens um the hi pretty much has like a cult that starts to form around it because it starts to see itself as like a deity and the people uh the people of earth and the scientific community that kind of helped create this HI, they basically rise up and become the you know high priest within this cult uh, that's formed around this HI. 
mm-hmm. and the HI ends up disappearing after the moon smash into each other. And that's what's known as the calamity. Because uh, a lot of a lot of things happen in pretty quick succession amount of time after the moons collide. The moons collide. The HI eventually disappears without a trace, and the little cult following around it, the scientists of the community disappear with it. Nobody knows what happens to it. After it disappears, it creates a domino effect of satellites crashing into each other. And this is actually a real thing that NASA um is worried about is basically every time a debris is created in space a satellite breaks apart something like that happens it creates thousands of small little pieces of broken metal and bent screws and they're all traveling at very high speeds in orbit around earth right so every time one of those little particles collides with something else it smashes them up and creates thousands of other particles and so on and so forth we have no way of stopping this so NASA's actually got a uh, a fear that uh, once this continues to keep going, we won't be able to ever slow it down and we'll basically turn Earth's gravity into like a meat grinder, right? So that's what the HI does. It smashes all these satellites into each other and basically cuts humanity off from space. So you've got this, the people who are already living in space and the people on Earth and they can't physically interact anymore because running a shuttle in and out of Earth's orbit will basically is 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 a suicide, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, the the uh, radio signal gets broadcast, and it's a it's a hacking signal that anything over a level one intelligence uh, for AI will basically turn against humanity. So what I like to tell people is if your toaster is smarter than Siri, it's going to try and kill you. And so basically what, what that does is it effectively knocks humanity back to the stone age of space travel. So in the space. AS- so you're, you're like, you're, you're, you're in space, but you're not allowed to have automation because uh, it can, it can turn against you. Right. So the, the AI that was running all or system on the mice co- colony uh, just started opening up dock doors and jettisoning people and shutting off air to so it ended up you know humanity took a huge hit right there uh and remnant city is the last safe haven for humans who live in space and it's just a giant it's one of the largest uh pieces of asteroid that was left over from the moon collision that we hollowed out and people now live inside of this very cramped condensed uh you know space is very limited resources are limited and everybody's just kind of living on top of each other. Like all the different districts inside of this uh, asteroid are pretty much just all built on top of each other. And you'll get a really good sense and feel of that with the new update that, we, that we've been developing and coming out with, uh, with the new Remnant City that has been made since the Kickstarter. Um, and, so that, and that's the idea of, of the game then is the storyline is you basically play this, I don't want to call him a nobody, but I mean, he's not, he's just your run of the mill kind of average guy trying to make his way like everybody else. And his dream is to get out of the slums of remnant city and, and become a miner because the miners of this age are basically like the quarterbacks, right? They're the big shots. Uh, Cause you can't get resources. All, all resources are, are unlimited supply inside of remnant city, all your metals, food, all of that. So the guys who go out and they mine out 
all elements from the asteroid field and bring them back to Remnant City are basically supplying the people and keeping every everybody running. So they 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 are kind of like the big shots. And that's your character's dream is he's working, you know, his nine to five in, in this job where he's fixing very simply commanded automated robots. Uh, and your your main goal at the beginning of the game is to raise enough money to get the last part you need for this little one man mining vessel. And that's that's the big hope is that he's going to get himself out of there from, you know, becoming a miner. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> it is. Like I said, there's like I don't I don't really know where to begin with it cuz like I said we we've got a lot of the story that we want to do. It's just trying to figure out how much of it we're going to be able to do with the funding. Can can I give a 30 second version? Yeah, go right ahead. All right. <laughs> so, so the 30 second the 30 second version is this. The lore of the game is really into the emerging technology, right? The AI, the AI fear a lot of 3D printing, a lot of new manufacturing techniques, and also really is asking the defundamental question of just humans. What do we do, right? There's two main routes to go in this game. It's basically think Mass Effect at the end, you know, like you, you have a big choice. In this game, you do that throughout the game. And the big, big path, big two paths is number one, do humanity has to venture out into space and conquer more, conquer more, right? Mm-hmm. Or do we forget about going to space and just fix what's wrong here and just perfect what we already have? So that's kind of like the, the 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 shadow of what's going on right now. I mean, like we have people like uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, like, hey, why do we need to go to Mars? Just build a space station around Earth. That's good enough. And and, and Elon wants to nuke the polar, you know, wants to ter- terraform Mars. Right, it's right. Very ambitious, right? So what what's, so basically this game is kind of like, exploring that deep in in our in human psyche so um really we stick to the science um as much as we can for example like um of course the lore and the mystery is that there is a group of ai um experts that created this initial thing and they went disappear and they actually went to uh, Senta uh alpha centauri Nobody knows how they did it, but obviously it's with the help of the advanced AI that they created, but they disappeared. And then there's rumored that, hey, they left clues in the moons throughout the solar system. So really, that's a premise of, of the game. That's the lore. Like you are you start out as a nobody, a technician fixing robots nine to five. And so, but but he, he somehow, you know, watched YouTube, whatever, and try to figure out how to build his own ship. So that's really the first um like 25 30% of the game is you're running around Remnant City doing your 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 you know little things and just really know just really the day-to-day grind it's just kind of remind the player of this is life this is humanity mm-hmm. it's just there's no different but you you're just stuck in a rock in space and then the rest of humanity i mean the the way we write the story like um Eric mentioned there's a meat grinder on the orbit of earth that just means that the ai somehow costs uh, the 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 event that the that NASA fears is going to happen. That uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson's warn us, like, hey, be careful when you send those satellites. If they actually crash, they can cause a chain effect, and before you know it, it's impossible to get out of Earth. So in our story, we kind of leverage that, and it's like, you know what? What are we going to do with the rest of humanity? You know what? We'll just say they're in they're inside the blender, and they have their own problem. 
So that way we can actually focus on the new group of humanity, which mm-hmm. were um, in the story, you know, we're, we're basically saying that in the 20, 2060s, 2070s, when the AI really boomed, and that's where the space age really took off. And like people are actually moving to the moon, uh, to Mars and, and do all this stuff. So and then when the AI decided to turn on us or in reality, AI did not turn on us. We actually turn on ourselves because mm-hmm. of the fear of AI, because of what they're, they're trying to do, what they're programmed to do. So and, and that's where we're, we're costly confusion. And then uh, they got so fearful. Humans got so fearful of technology that they shoot um technology and all that stuff the fear of the judgment day from terminator all, all that stuff so the ai try to defend themselves so okay we're gonna have to corner you even more and it escalate to the point where we have the blender orbit thing that um humans and ai aren't talking anymore so um and then the the real ai the real smart people the real smart they call themselves the enlightenment um, the you know the the sons of enlightenment or whatever people that actually created the AI are really good they actually figure out a way to just leave the rest of humanity and go start their new thing in Alpha Centauri and then the game is really later on after after you get out of the ship or get out of the Remnant City um, with with your with your ship that you built you start mining you start to meet all these people that are not inside living in the rock they're actually um, out there solving the solar system problem, you know, how are we going to do this, all that stuff. And then you realize your problem is greater. There, there's greater things to live for. And then they, you, you, you somehow um, realize that you have an uncle who's actually a really awesome, owns an awesome ship called the Serendipity, which you later on become the captain of that ship. And then you take that ship. Um, now that you realize and learn that there's a mystery out there, that you try to go out there and solve all these problems. And there's going to be like engineering challenges that we hear today, hence the inspiration. Like, how do we colonize Mars for real? How do we build um, space elevator? You know, it's impossible doing that on Earth. Very possible doing it on the moon and Mars because of the gravity. So there's, there's going to be a, a mission on that. So it depends on the funding, depends on how well the game does. All these stories going to be integrated, um, like in stages, right? So okay. um, when when we launch, we're going to have the sandbox modes have all the core functionality of the game. It's upgradable, of course, and also really the first uh, 25 percent of the game where you're just about to get out. And then, hey, if if people really like the concept, then yes, let's put resources in it, and we're going to build all these moons, all these elaborate story, because really the end goal is for you to get to Alpha Centauri to find out what really happened to this mysterious AI. And then really the fun is just, you, you, you're going to be fighting all these um, artificial intelligence on these robots that you probably, if, if you see the trailers and stuff like that, those junky looking robots, they're actually self-replicating robots that are basically you are used as a control. I'm 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 spoiling it, but, but whatever, <laughs> you, you kind of get the idea. But they're actually there to prevent people to, to squeeze out the best of the best so that they can actually go the only best can can find the way and find the clues become worthy to join the enlightenment and then go to alpha centauri so i know that's not 30 seconds but that's my best <laughs> so these uh his they really do remind me because as you were both you guys were talking 
I was thinking, man, this sounds like Battlestar Galactica, right? Mixed with Mass Effect, <laughs> and a very just, but also different and unique in the same way. Like you, I could tell where some of these inspirations are coming from, but at the same time, yeah, we're we're yeah, no, just doing you, your own thing. Yeah, you nailed the the Battlestar Galactica thing right on that. Right I never watched it, unfortunately. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, that's yeah. mind blowing. Because. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't know. Big, I big just, fan of that. I heard, I okay. heard people talk about that, but I've never even seen the show. So, I've seen Star Trek, Star Wars, and okay, uh, yeah. the The original Battlestar Galactica is classic, but the new one's really good as well. The new one's amazing. Oh, it's great! Yeah, it's not often where a new rendition overshadows Man, if, a classic. If, if I didn't have to develop this game, I would watch the whole thing. Watch it Maybe. while you're developing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just have it on to the side, you know. Oh yeah, there we go. Um. Yeah, sorry. I hope your editing team's awesome. We failed that 30 seconds. <laughs> right, we did. No, that's what I'm here for, you know. Anyway, um, so I do have a couple questions, but it's not about the game. It's about you guys. Because um, usually we start off with these questions, and I just kind of went into things. So Shoot. what are your guys' some of your favorite games of all time to play in your spare time? When you have spare time, obviously. Um, and just growing up in general, like, what's your guys's gaming history all three of you oh wow well peso go ahead <laughs> okay um starcraft number one. Oh, yeah. hey yeah number two is um uh you know grow, growing up well before starcraft's command and conquer remember oh, those days yes. right oh, remember i remember those days yes <laughs> yes i do very much so yeah the just, oh my goodness yep. i was a kid when command and conquer came out and we would watch my dad me and my brother would watch my dad play that all the time that's amazing yeah, so Command and Conquer. Yeah, that's uh, before that was just computer games. I'm always like, mm-hmm. oh, you have a computer? Can can I can I you know just glue to your screen and you never see yours ever again? You know, <laughs> back in the '90s. So you know whatever. Doom. Doom was amazing. And before that, of course, Mario. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and then typical, you know. But um, really, right. the game that stuck out uh, stuck out is Command and Conquer, Starcraft, and um, Theme Hospital remember theme hospital <laughs> i love that game and then um you know when yeah. growing up um you know get later on i love roman total war have you heard of roman total war yep. yes yes i have mm-hmm. yeah it's it i learn i learn um i learn roman history and world history through that basically so i love that see. game so yeah and then um i can go on and on but just you know for time's sake um what i do now what i play now i mm-hmm. um obviously um the uh the new StarCraft, and then the um, uh, Mass Effect, right? So, yeah, right. I recently played Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, yeah, I was kind of disappointed like everybody else. Yeah. And, and really, after that, I didn't play anything else because I got into VR, and I played Pavlov a couple times. And That game's great. Yeah, that's that's about it right now. All right, very cool. All solid choices. Jack, how about you? What's your, like, history in gaming? Uh, believe it or not, I actually really didn't play games all that much when I was growing up. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I feel like the thing that really got me into it. I mean, it's kind of funny because like I think like game music was actually what made me want to play games, which is kind of funny. Um, but uh, when I was probably like 13 or 14, um, the first game that I ever really got into was uh, 
Lord of the Rings Online, which was like this nice. old, like nice old, like MMO that would looked terrible and like it Played was terrible. Like, but... Yeah, oh yeah. But like uh, the thing that I loved about it was the music and uh, Chance mm-hmm. Thomas, who's the composer for that, is like still uh, one of my favorite composers. And just like listening to kind of the worlds he created in that was just like I don't know. It was just really inspiring to me. Um, but I don't know. Now I just kind of play. I don't know. I don't have much free time. Uh, getting married in a week from today. Oh, um, congratulations! Hey, thank That's you. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be good. But um, yeah. So I mean, between that and then writing music for uh, these guys at Dreamcatcher, and then working on some of my own stuff, I don't really have all that much extra time. That's completely understandable because um, that's you got a lot on your plate right now, especially uh, getting yeah. married next week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, how about you, Eric? Oh, sorry. I had a moment. Uh, yeah. So I don't even know where to begin on that. Um, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up F- with seven. Yeah. Well, I'm getting there. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I, I grew up um, mainly on uh, PC more than I did console just because, I mean, I had, you know, my grandmother had a Nintendo, but I mean, I grew up on a farm. Uh, so a lot of my childhood was, uh, you know, spent running around and playing in the backyard using my imagination because I got uncles that are only like 10 to 12 years older than I am and they used to D&D all the time. Well, we didn't really understand how to play D and D, so you know we just kind of ran outside and was like, "We're wizards, right?" <laughs> um, but you know, uh, my dad—I think my dad really saw it. And I mean, if he ever listens to this, he'll probably laugh. But I think he saw it in me at a young age—that just twinkle in my eye when it come to playing video games. Mm-hmm. So he tried to reel some of that back so i mean i think the first console i ever actually owned as a kid growing up uh probably an xbox i mean uh okay yeah i mean like i had i had a sega over at my mom's uh my parents were split up um but you know that was only like an every other weekend thing Mm -hmm. um but so i mean i grew up the, the games growing up was really i mean doom and um like Wolfenstein, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the very first cheat code I ever learned, I still remember today. It's IDDQD and IDKFA. And if you're a Doom fan, you will know that that is the code to God mode and walk through walls with inf- infinite weapons and ammo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, the game that really took me from, and I, I hate to sound like a, because a lot of people call me a bandwagoner when I talk about this. Um, <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Right. Whatever and, happened, happened, you know? Right. And it is, I mean, to this day, it's, it's not the most fun game I've ever played. I don't even know if I'd actually call it my favorite game, but the game that still holds probably the closest in my heart is the Final Fantasy VII series. Uh, well, not series, but game particularly itself. And the reason for that is, is by the time I came around to playing Final Fantasy VII, I was old enough to actually be able to play an RPG and actually immerse myself into it. Cause I was, I was, you know, at a high enough reading level at that point to where I could actually, you know, get in depth into the story and fall in love with the character. Um, and final fantasy seven was that game that took me from just being a video gamer 
or well, not even being a video gamer, but just being being a kid who plays video games to falling in love right with a video game. Yeah, that was Final Fantasy VII was the first time I ever played a game, and I was I was I felt like I was there with the characters. And it's going to sound sappy and kind of corny, but I mean, like I weeped when Aerith died, right? Like when right. she died, I mean, it was, that was bam, man, that hit me. Um, I mean, I felt like I was going through the game and like emotionally living with cloud as he, you know, went through this just, you know, trial after tribulation of, of, of discovering who he is and then not knowing who he is and feeling like he was this person and realizing that he's actually this person. It was an emotional, emotional ride for me. And by the time I finally got through it and beat the game for the first time, that was it for me. I was like, man, this is like I was committed. I knew at that moment that like I was like had was in love with video games. So as as things progressed and I got older, um, I kind of fell out of video games in high school because, you know, friends and girls and stuff like that became more important to me for a little while. But by the time I graduated and got my first apartment and was kind of like, oh, I'm free and I get to do whatever I want now. Um, I remember growing up EverQuest when EverQuest first mm -hmm. came out. That was really one of the first MMOs that like hit America in a big way, uh, you know, because over in Japan, they'd been doing it already for, for a while. But right. EverQuest was the first big MMO that hit America. And I remember watching some of my older cousins play and just always being like, man, that looks awesome. And every now and then I'd go over to my uncle's house and like, they let me start a character, excuse me, um, you know, and they had the basement where they had like two computers set up uh, because back then, you know, you, you didn't have like a computer that ran more than one monitor. You just had like that computer. And if you wanted to like look up something else while you were playing the game, you needed a whole other computer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's just like this section of their basement where they had two computers set up. I mean, this was, you know, this was 90, I don't know, six, 97, right? And they had the big map on the wall of the EverQuest or, uh, yeah, Ever EverQuest land, right? And so I just always remember thinking that was awesome. And then World of Warcraft came out, and I was actually working at a GameStop when when that game came out. And I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I really, really want to play this. But I still lived with my dad at the time. I hadn't graduated. And he was like, no, 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 you're not playing an MMO. And I'm like, no, but it's really cool. Uh, and he just wasn't having none of it. So... When I finally graduated and got in my own got my own place, I was like, first thing I did was book got you know saved up enough money, got a computer, downloaded World of Warcraft, and I lost like legitimately like probably three to four years of my life to that game, um, because it just was so immersive to me. But um, so yeah, I've always I've like I said, uh, I mean, there's you've dabbled, I I've dabbled, yeah, like uh, um, right. Kingdom Hearts was really big one for me. I mm -hmm. I wanted nothing to do with that game when it first came out. I was so mad at Square Enix, like when I found out that they made a game with Final Fantasy characters and Goofy, like. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually uh, the the store owner that I was working with at GameStop at the time was like, "If you go home and play this game and don't like it, I will buy any game for you in the store." And I'm like, "All right, bet." So. I got it, took it home. I fell in love with that game so much. My first kid, my daughter, I named her Kyrie. Oh, nice. Very nice. Right. So um, anyways, fast forward to today. The I, I'm I'm real I'm I'm pretty I'm getting really big into indie games here within the last year and a half. Uh I've really been keeping an eye on uh a lot of the indie stores. Um 
what am I playing right now? Oh my gosh. Uh, so I know it's such a weird question because I don't know how to answer it either. <laughs> so I, I'd say the biggest game that I'm into right now because they just came out with an awesome update and I haven't been able to really pull away with it is it's called Deep Rock Galactica. If I can plug another indie game, can I do that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Go okay. Ahead. Yeah. So um, yeah, Deep Rock Galactica, man, it is awesome. I've been playing this since they first came out um, and it is a, I don't even really know how to explain it it's like a run around underground collecting resources and you're these dwarves and they're super funny and you it's like wave after wave of bugs it almost kind of gives you the feeling of uh, like starship troopers yeah i was gonna say it's like minecraft with the starship troopers yeah have you played i've watched a ton of videos on it okay. but i've not played it myself it's super fun um i mean i'm like i'm gonna talk about it all day but uh yeah i mean that's probably one of the bigger ones that i'm actually like devoting some time to right now but i mean my steam page is just loaded i i'm a pc gamer um, yeah i know the feeling yeah i because i mean it's you know master race consoles for children uh <laughs> no i mean i've i've got two playstations i've got an xbox i mean I, i've got them but i mean if i put my time in anything it's usually pc it's just there's just more there um i was gonna get uh borderlands 3 but what's keeping yeah. me from doing that is because the final fantasy 7 remakes coming it's out right around the corner uh, right around the corner and i've been waiting you know whatever it's hard math but it's been more than 10 years <laughs> that i've been waiting for them to redo this game um and i've had it pre-ordered since i don't know sometime last year when they very first announced it so and my birthday is actually the 25th of march so i'm not 100 percent sure what day in march it's launching but it's my present to me and i have to already taken like a week off i will be doing nothing but playing that game there you go there you go i think it's really interesting to hear everyone's i don't know come to moment when it comes to however it is we've got that got them there whether it be because we talked to journalists we talked to musicians such as yourself jack and mm -hmm. just different kinds of people so it's just really cool to hear everyone's different stories you know where they how they got to where they are today and now and we can all just come together uh when it comes to games uh, especially um, yeah and, and and that's and that's the amazing thing about uh about I don't even really want to say like the gaming community because some of the online gaming can get pretty toxic, but right. when you go to like a convention, right? So for like a comic book convention, um, GDEX, something like that, the community there in person and not when they're hiding behind a screen with a headphone a headset on, mm -hmm. it's an amazing community. Oh like, yeah, for sure. It, it, and it, it, I've been going to cons since I've been young. Uh, I did. I dabbled in cosplay for a while. It's just, it's amazing, and it never ceases to to really hit me in the feels every time I go to one of these things. Just how supportive everybody is with everybody, especially in the indie community, because I've never really gotten a chance to be on the other side of that wall, right? I'm always the guy mm -hmm. who shows up with the ticket, and I'm all starry eyed, like, oh, going around from booth to booth <laughs> collecting free swag. But since I've been doing this PR stuff, I've got to be that guy at the booth and interact with people. And it is amazing how there's 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 no strife feeling at all. And I don't know about maybe this AAA company, but in the indie community, I mean, when we first showed up to GDEX, we were so overly, underwhelmingly unprepared. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I spent three days prior to that like, okay, I got extra cables. I've got this. I got this. Pacel's bringing this. And then we get there. We don't have a power strip. 
like oh my god right but no i mean it's just like the the people around us the people in our uh, the booths like our, our our booth neighbors were just like oh here let me help you or here you can have this here borrow this like it was it was amazing like so it was like i said it was just it was so cool to see it from that other side where it's not just the people visiting but it's also the people the the exhibitors i mean just the community in general is amazing i i have to absolutely agree with that ever since we started doing the show i it's been almost overwhelming the the response you get from people just in general it's it's great and it's it's warm it's refreshing to see because the stereotypical gaming community does not give itself a good name no well that's all i really have thank you guys for joining me um if you guys have any last minute statements uh, now would be the time to promote anything and everything you guys have um yeah so definitely check us out on every social media platform that's out there i try my best to keep up with stuff uh we're on twitter instagram facebook obviously discord um so by all means check us out there the game the free game demo uh, is available on Steam. It is a concept demo. What is there is absolutely nothing close to what we're building now, but it's out there. It's free. Check it out if you get the chance. Join our Discord. We are a fan-made game, um, and I don't want to take up all of the time here, but I do want to stress that's one of the things that we like to brag about. We are a fan-made game. We are very, very with our community we love hearing back from the people in our community if you love the game if you hate the game get on discord tell us about it there are so many changes that have happened with this new build that are there specifically because the people in our community have been like well what about this what about that like wouldn't it be cool if you guys did this um and we've we've got a list of names of people that's going in the you know special thanks category for the game when it launches uh, because of those reasons. So definitely, if, you, if anybody gets a chance, check it out. Like I said, if you love it, hate it, come tell us. Uh, we do a lot of our indie dev, uh, uh, our dev meetings in our Discord live. That we It's an open channel. If you guys see us in there, you're more than welcome to pop in, talk to us about the game. Uh, let's see here. We're going to DreamHacks next month. Uh, oh, we'll very be, nice. We'll be down there the 15th through the 17th. We'll be there all weekend with a booth. Uh, and we've got the Alpha launch. So uh, for all the local Ohioans who might be hearing this, if you're familiar with Dayton and the Boonshoff, did I say that right? Yeah. The Boonshoff Museum. Uh, we're actually be, we'll be doing our Alpha release party launch there December 11th. 8th. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> December 8th. Good to know. So, and it's open invitation. Come check it out. Uh, and I think that's all I got. I've, I've, I've talked. Pacel and Jack, you guys have any last minute statements or anything you guys are willing to promote as well on top of what Eric already said? Uh, not really. I really appreciate you hosting us and your time and this um, opportunity to just, you know, shout out to your, to your audience. Really appreciate it. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Seriously. Yeah, thanks it, for showing up, Jack. That's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah sorry I was super late. Excited. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I'm like fanboying over here that Jack showed up to one of our lives. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no, you guys, the the honor and pleasure is really all mine. After witnessing the game at G Dex, I was like, 
they have really something special here. I have to get these guys on the show. Like, there is no way I, I, I was passing that up. So thank you for coming and, and spending uh, this time with, with us. And I hope everyone here enjoyed it. I will transport you guys back to your homes. And as always, have a rad day.